computer. Hello, <laughs> and welcome to the Real Horror Show podcast. We're back after our little Easter break. Yes, thank you. Uh, and if you recall, we're watching the movie Smile this week. So if you haven't done that yet, go away. Yes, go away <laughs> because this ep- these episodes are for the most part spoilers. All of it, all mm-hmm. of it. We just tell you what happens. So just go watch it. Is I I liked it. So I won't say more. But you I liked it. it. I liked it. Did you? I liked it too. Okay, we'll talk about. I, I figured it. you would either really like it or really hate it because it's very reminiscent of It Follows. I love It Follows. So if you're a fan of It Follows, you're probably going to like this movie as well. Yes. Yeah. It was actually really good. Uh, All right. Cool. (laughs) Glad we agreed. Okay. That's it for the podcast then. Yep. (laughs) Uh, I'm trying to think of any like pertinent news. I haven't seen any new horror movies. I saw the Mario movie in theaters. Oh, how was that? It was a good time. If you're a fan of Mario, you're going to like the movie because, um, it's it's a very basic you know plot like gotta save not the princess but my brother luigi from bowser Ah, i see but i mean that's basically the plot of every single mario game so (laughs) um the animation was absolutely stunning and the voice acting wasn't terrible i know there was a lot of controversy with chris pratt um mainly for me because um i agree (laughs) with everyone that was a stupid fucking casting decision when nathan lane exists Oh, that would be an excellent. I can hear his voice like in my head when you say yeah. his name, you know? It would have been perfect, but you so know what? Good. Chris Pratt did an okay job. The worst <laughs> voice was actually Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. Oh, really? Um, because <laughs> he outright said, If you want me to do a voice, I'm not going to do a voice. I'm not a voice actor, which um, oh. pissed off a lot of voice actors because they're like, Yeah, that is a fucking problem. Uh, yeah you should be able to do both buddy yeah um and someone's car alarm is going off oh someone's car alarm okay i do not hear unless is that the sebring no that's not the sebring okay Um, (laughs) so um my uh, my event's been my week has been eventful yeah um david's car my former car Mm -hmm. in high school may have finally kicked the bucket is it the Scion? It's the it's the Sebring. The Scion's my um my new car. Oh, if that okay. thing if that thing fucking kicked the bucket, it's only a 2016. <laughs> I would be pissed. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't even have a hundred thousand miles on it yet. Oh dang, that's awesome. Yeah, no, my Scion's gonna live forever. Good. Um, just like I thought the Sebring would. Oh but, fuck. Um we kind of died on Saturday before we went to film the big Jesus extravaganza <laughs> play. Yeah. One of the churches puts on and it happens before we have a system where David just hits the starter with a hammer until it turns on while, I, oh, while I'm starting it. Um, but we just, he replaced the whole starter on Tuesday. It still wouldn't start. Mm-hmm. So before we go car hunting, um, he's going to have an actual mechanic come pick it up and give his final verdict. Okay. Gotcha. But, gotcha. Yeah. Because he doesn't need a fancy car. We use my car for all like travel shit, yeah, yeah. um, and important stuff. But <laughs> he just uses his car to get to and from work. So it doesn't need to be a fancy car. No, no. Do they make Sebrings anymore? That is an excellent question, I and I do name. not know. I mean, I haven't heard that name in a long time. I feel like that's a really good question. I don't know if they're still making Sebrings. This particular line of Sebrings that we have, a two thousand three 
Chrysler Sebring is the dumbest design interior interiorly for a car because you have to everything is pretty much below the engine mm-hmm. so it's almost impossible to work on it yourself without a car jack and the dumbest the dumbest thing that anybody should be able to do not me because I shouldn't be trusted with heavy machinery <laughs> yeah. is replace the battery in your own goddamn car but the way this Sebring is designed you mm-hmm. cannot easily do that. It's not at the top like most places, like in most cars. It is behind the wheel well. So you have oh. to take the wheel off oh. in order to get to it. So Jeez. what were they thinking? Well, they they are discontinued. So they were oh. thinking and they, they realized that they should just stop now. Oh. <laughs> well, that explains why everything's so difficult with this car. You're driving yeah. a vintage car actually you should probably try to sell it to like a collector and maybe maybe yeah but not to drive (laughs) that might be a bit it might actually be a rare sebring too because when we when he was getting insured as his car um the insurance company kept telling us that his that it doesn't exist that um the non-convertible four-door 2003 does not exist but it obviously does because we're looking at Wait, a non-convertible four-door Sebring 2003. Yeah, because a lot of uh, Sebrings are convertibles, but ours isn't a convertible. It's a it's a hard top. It's a it's real a car. Top. It's a real car, and you can't take the to- the top off of the car. I mean, we probably we probably <laughs> could if we if put we our minds to do it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I wonder if it's a rare thing. So that, that's exciting. I also, you know, had a panic attack at work, not unlike the protagonist of our movie this week. Yes, who just is just in a panic. The entire time. The whole movie, oh. almost. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Sweet. Smile 2022 is an American psychological supernatural horror film written and directed by Parker Finn in his feature directorial debut based on his 2020 short film Laura Hasn't Slept. The film stars Susie Bacon as a therapist named Rose Cotter who after witnessing the bizarre suicide of a patient goes through increasingly disturbing and daunting experiences leading her to believe she is what she's experiencing is supernatural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I didn't know what to expect because, and honestly, I like judged it just based on like the name of the movie and the trailers actually. And I thought it was like, not a very serious movie. That's but, like, what I thought. It's very, very serious. It is. Um, <laughs> so it's like, awesome. Like, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because yeah. I wasn't, I put off seeing it until I ran out of time to go see it in October. Yeah. Because it looked more like the trailers and title for this movie had a very early 2000s vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of teeny bop horror. That's not right. very good. People compared the trailers a lot to, I think, Polaroid, oh. which had kind of a similar vibe. And it's just one of those, eh, it exists. Is it scary? No, but it serves its purpose. Right, right. Yeah. Um, but no, I was very impressed with how visually stylized this movie was. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt like elevated horror. <laughs> it did. Yeah, think, it did. <laughs> uh, I haven't scrolled down to the production notes on Wikipedia yet, but I wonder if it was given more of an artsy name, like his short film, Laura Hasn't Slept, if mm. it would have garnered more like critical attention. Because I think critically it did pretty well yeah but 
a movie called Smile that looks like something that was released five years ago. Right. And it's like, and the trailer just has like scary smiles. And I really thought it was just about like people doing a creepy smile to scare mm-hmm. you. And I was like, okay, that's kind of silly. But yeah, maybe mm-hmm. if it had like a different title. And because I think the trailer, they they really missed the mark a little bit. I don't know if that was on purpose or not. But I put I, it off the same reason as you did. Yeah, I don't I don't think it was a mistake. I think they just wanted yeah. to try and sell it as well as they could. Because yeah. it's it's a non-A24 horror film. So what's the point of even putting it out? Am I right? <laughs> True. <laughs> A24 rules. Um yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but I do I do remember some of the like guerrilla marketing they were doing for this movie was really cool and why I was yeah. interested in trying to see it is they would just have uh, they would pay actors to go to like baseball games and shit and just stand where the camera was smiling into the camera. Oh, I think blending I in with that. the audience. Yeah. And I think that's a really fucking cool marketing technique for this movie. And had they done it like before the trailer came out. Like, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure, and I will die on this hill, the 2016 clown incident was guerrilla yes. ma- originally guerrilla, guerrilla marketing for it. I will die on this fucking hill. I believe um, you. I believe that to be true. So had they done that before the trailer dropped and you just saw news reports of these creepy ass people in crowds smiling into cameras mm-hmm. and then the trailer drops, mm-hmm. that that would have piqued my interest a lot more. Um Definitely. <laughs> Because I I'm never gonna like not die on this hill. Yeah. That the clown incident was originally guerrilla marketing for it because I think the first incident of that was clowns in North Carolina and the movie was shot in North Carolina so it mm. kind of makes sense it started happening the year before it part one came out but yeah. then shit gets out of hand because of course it does with something like this you get a bunch of assholes just joining joining in on all the fun. <laughs> yes. So the distributor, the marketing team will never own up to it because it got too out of hand and Donald <laughs> yeah. Trump became president. Yes, yes. No, like we don't want to take uh, ownership for this. Yeah, for sure. But I, I'm i right there with you. I do believe that it wasn't just people being creepy. I think it was not coincidental. It, it was coincidental because it was one and the same guerrilla marketing, as you yeah. say, for it. Because it hasn't happened since, guys, has it? Yeah. No. no. It hasn't. <laughs> There's no end movie. <laughs> so. uh, what, what, I, I dug deeper into this, and I think yeah. one of the companies affiliated with it mm-hmm. was also affiliated with a movie called The Gallows, and The Gallows did a very oh. big mark, viral marketing campaign, do, um, the Charlie Charlie Challenge online. Um, oh. That wasn't just some random thing that started happening. That was a very deliberate deliberate marketing um attempt by the producers of the gallo or the marketing team of the gallows okay um, which i guess didn't work very well because nobody remembers the gallows yeah re- 15 yeah i remember the charlie charlie challenge mm, what's uh, that um you put you like write yes no no yes something like that on a piece of paper in like a cross pattern, a grid pattern, mm-hmm. put a pencil in the middle, you ask it a question and the pencil spins around and gives you a yes or no answer. Oh, gotcha. So okay. G- ghosty shit. Very ghosty shit. And then it looks like the Gallows had two movies. One in Two 15. movies? Yeah, there's a Gallows <laughs> 2 in 2019. When did this happen? In 2019, of course. <laughs> Act 2. Here we go. Oh, okay. Yeah, it got the same 
ratings is the first one. And I think you can guess that they, they're not that good. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, anyway, the viral marketing smile yeah. attempted was very good. I just think they started it too late when they should have started it like maybe a month or two before the real trailer dropped. Yeah. Yeah. More timely would have been better. Yeah. Cool. But <clears throat> anyway, uh, so <laughs> let's just go ahead and break it down into acting. Yes. The film is carried by our lead actress, Susie Bacon or Sosie Bacon. I don't know. I, I need to look up how to pronounce her name, but this is Kevin Bacon and Kira Sedgwick's daughter. Is it? It is. Cause I'm a huge Kevin Bacon fan. So I was about to ask, is she Kevin Bacon's daughter? That is Kevin Bacon's daughter. And um, okay. now when you look at her, you'll kind of see it. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought she looked familiar, but I couldn't place yeah. it and I didn't look it up. Uh, the last time I saw Sosie Bacon was like in high school when she was Miss Golden Globe or something, because that's a thing oh. the Golden Globes does. Wow, cool. <laughs> yeah. So she was introduced there, but ah. never would have guessed. Little Nepo baby, but she she was very good. Yeah, you know what? And I, I, I had that thought and I was like, you know what? I haven't seen her. I love Kevin Bacon. I think he's great. I'm going to really, I really scrutinized, you know, her performance and I mm. thought it was excellent. Yeah, really, no, I think- Really great. This is definitely an instance of a Nepo baby who's actually super talented. <laughs> She's great, yeah. Because this was not an easy role to carry. No, yeah, no. Not for two hours as well. I didn't mm-hmm. know that was going to be a thing, Sam. I was like, oh shit. Okay, yeah. here we go. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into this more with plot. But yeah, the the um, spiral begins like 15 minutes into the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It keeps getting worse and worse and worse. <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, but no, she was phenomenal. She carried this yeah. movie and I'm really glad this was the first time I'd seen her and super happy that worked out for both her and um, Parker Flynn because this is his directorial debut, which is also mind blowing wow. because this movie is so stylized. Yeah, it seems like I, that's really incredible because I didn't realize it was a new a debut and uh, mm-hmm. it's an excellent one. Yeah. Like, I love the hospital scenes. They were so minimalistic and pastel, but that made it super eerie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the pink hospital walls. I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. that's really eerie. So I look forward to seeing what they'll do next. That's really cool. Yeah, I think it just goes to show that pastels can be creepy. Yeah, especially in like a psycho hospital, not, like, not like a psycho hospital, but like a, <laughs> like a hospital, like... And a, a, um, a mental hospital a mental institution. Hospital institution. Okay, so yeah, I thought that was psych very. Ward. It was very creepy. Yeah, psych ward, but the whole hospital is one. I guess, mm-hmm. or is it the floor? I don't know. I think it's just the floor. It's the floor. But yeah, and I assume those colors are chosen ideally because they're nice, soothing colors. To calm them down. Yeah, to calm everybody down, but it's like creepy. Yeah, just white is fine. <laughs> Or is it worse? I don't know. Um, let's see. Who else? There was her fiance who sucked, not acting wise, but he just sucked as a person. I know. I was like, what a jerk. <laughs> it's A Train from The Boys for any Boys fans. Uh, we need to watch The Boys. It's on our list. We'll get to it. I've watched it, but I would love to watch it with you. Are you mean we as in you and David or me and you? Uh, David and I, but we can okay. also. <laughs> not really horror but okay i know well actually it's got some elements that are pretty terrifying but 
yeah, you and David watch it. That's Adrian. And I was like, looking at him and I was like, why is he familiar? And it's because he's in the boys. So yeah, there weren't a lot of actors in this movie that I recognized, which I appreciate. Dude, I uh, recognize like 50% of the actors. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I um I recognize Cal Penn, a uh, very popular comedic actor mostly. He's best known for Harold and Kumar. Oh, I remember him because he was on a couple seasons of House and then he yeah. killed himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was on House but left House because Cal Penn is like a really cool, interesting person. He mm-hmm. left House to work for the Obama administration. Yeah, I remember he had to leave for whatever reason. They're just like, okay, just make him secretly depressed and have him kill himself randomly. Yeah. And that happened. And I'm like, alrighty then. I guess he's off the show. So he briefly retired from acting to do political pursuits, which is sweet. Hella cool. It is. Um, and then the Joel, the guy who's like the cop with like the goatee, mm-hmm. he's a horror guy. He was in Scream 4, and he was also that emo kid that was in Jennifer's body, just without the facial hair. Um, he's in a lot of horror movies. Yeah. Oh, wait, is he one of the video nerds in Scream 4? In Scream 4, he, oh, I mean, I'm so sorry. Scream 5, he's the one in the beginning with the longer hair. If you haven't scream, seen Scream 5, stop listening. Um, He he gets killed, like, first outside of the bar that all the kids are in. In front of the car, he goes to turn the car off. Uh-huh. And it's him, but he has long hair. Oh, okay. but he's like he it only because and he only looks different because he has facial hair it's so weird but he is like in almost he's like a like a supporting character in like dozens of horror movies it's really cool he must love it mm-hmm. i haven't seen him as a lead yet so never know everybody else i don't know yeah. <laughs> like the two other people <laughs> yeah um they were all pretty good i like cal penn i'm glad to see him back in action um but really the star of the show was um Susie bacon as oh, yeah. rose cotter mm-hmm. who is suffered some tra- trauma in childhood her mother committed suicide to which um we later find out she didn't help with like her mom <laughs> i'm not gonna say <laughs> did it for attention but uh, probably took a bunch of pills immediately regretted it asked yeah. rose to call an ambulance but she did not yeah yeah she did not because she was like i you are horrible and it's better if you just like i don't help mm-hmm. you and she probably didn't realize that she was going to die she probably yeah. wanted to, to like teach her a lesson and make her like suffer or feel sick but she probably didn't realize that she would od mm-hmm. to what she did because she is a child she doesn't understand what's going on no, she she doesn't she shouldn't have to at that age that's a fucked up situation mm-hmm. so so that's very she's, traumatic she's carrying that around <laughs> with her and she made the choice to become a psychologist yeah there you go and an excellent one at that yeah um which yeah leads us into our story um she is uh she works in the psych psych psychiatric yeah yeah big word i'm having Um, trouble too today (laughs) ward well i didn't work today so i haven't really spoken a lot today Uh, (laughs) but is she isn't her job like she's like a psychiatric therapist but she's for like emergency cases only or something like that yes okay so um that's the that's the general vibe i got um because the first patient she's meeting with 
she says he's harmless. He just needs to be observed for a few days. Is that Greg? Wait, no, yeah. Carl. Carl Somebody? or Greg, the one who's like, he's going to die. She's going to die. Uh, we're all going to die. Uh, it's Carl. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, you're just having an, an episode. Sweet boy. <laughs> yeah. He's just having an episode. It's fine. He just needs to take a little rest at, in his room, which I'm sure it's just like his room that he's, they usually put him in. But it's because she has this position that she's called in to meet with Laura Weaver, a graduate student who witnessed her art therapy professor die by suicide a few days earlier. And um, I didn't know this until moments before recording, but Laura is the original character and played by the same actress from the short film, Laura Hasn't Slept. Ooh, cool. Okay, but real quick, two things about this this um, instance. One, in the movie, when she leaves for the day, that's when her phone rings and she goes back in her room to pick it up and that's Laura's case. So like the whole movie, you're like, dang, if she just had gone home, she Mm. maybe wouldn't have to be dealing with that and she'd be fine Mm -hmm. and somebody else would be dealing with that. Two, what was I going to say about that? Um, Keep going. I forgot my second point I was going to make about that. Sorry. Yes. So Laura claims that there's some kind of entity that keeps terrifying her and that she's not crazy. She's mm-hmm. a PhD candidate, mm-hmm. uh, which PhD candidates, I find, are the most mm-hmm. likely to snap. Listen, yeah, they might be really stressed and overworked. Wait, Sam, I, I remember my point. <laughs> Why was she with her professor when he killed himself? Maybe they were having a meeting? I could see, like... I know you're doing your PhD online, yeah. but in normal society, <laughs> it's very common to meet with like your advisor or your professor to work on your dissertation. So it was probably a situation like that. Okay. Yeah. You're probably right. Okay. Or carry on. <laughs> maybe um, she stayed after to talk about something in class mm-hmm. or she was probably just a really good student. Yeah. Yeah. They're probably just like meeting. Okay. And that was mistake number one. <laughs> Yes, mistake number one, being too studious. Just like, do it online, guys, and you can avoid a curse. <laughs> uh, so anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Laura's confiding in Rose, and um, she suddenly has an attack. She starts screaming. Rose calls for help, but it's too late. Laura kills herself with a shard of glass yeah. uh, by slitting her throat. Um, and later on that day, Rose sees the patient Carl, who was at the beginning of the movie, smiling and shouting that she's going to die. Um, she calls for nurses to restrain him, um, but he was asleep the whole time. He didn't say anything to her. So now he's um, scared. Cal <laughs> Penn, um, who plays her supervisor in this movie, sends her home for her mental well-being after what she witnessed and kind of gives her like a mental health week like off week, which is great and he said paid and i was like dang like why is everyone complaining about her job it seems like pretty great she's getting paid which for time i off. don't think this movie takes place in america even though it seems to because there's a new jersey license plate but where do you think so, it takes place um someplace where mental health is cared about oh yeah <laughs> so literally in, anywhere else in a fictional place yeah, yeah fictional world fictional uh fictional world. america where you get mental health rest days for a week for a week yeah i mean like i know she killed herself in front of her and that's really jarring but like paid time off like that's nice didn't even need to make anything up to get the time off i know he told he like actually ordered her to do so so yeah to stay home we'll take care of it <laughs> 
So the hallucinations continue for the next few days, getting worse and worse with each instance. She visits her former therapist, who's the one that suggests, you know, maybe the suicide of your patient that you witnessed uh, has triggered um, memories in post-traumatic stress regarding your own mother's uh, overdose. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And refuses to prescribe her medication um which i don't know i don't i agree with yeah i agree too i was like i don't think you need to to, yeah because she was just seeking her out just to get a prescription but Mm -hmm. she was like no i really like think we can help i can help you through this but we'll see if we need meds later Mm -hmm. but not now um and then shit hits the fan when she goes to her nephew's birthday party (laughs) and gives him the gift of her dead cat which was no Listen, um, the I, second i saw yeah. that cat i knew it was gonna die like, yeah oh i know me too once it was missing mm-hmm. and they were trying to feed it first of all the name was mustache and like i don't know if you think that's cute but in my opinion i think that's like too hard of a name to call your kitty i like mustache but mustache, i i agree that like, it might be you know what i mean like a, what do you call him like hi mustache like you need something like cute like baby <laughs> like just call every well, cat you know, baby <laughs> His legal name might be Mustache. That's true. Uh, Mustache Cotter or yeah. whatever. They call him Moo Moo? Yeah, Moo Moo. <laughs> okay. Well, that would be fine. Um, but anyway, once... What, okay, so when she was at the at the party and giving the kid the toy, I've, I had two thoughts. One, it was the cat. But my first thought before that was, oh, her her phone call was a hallucination he actually isn't into toy trains he wanted something else like another nerf gun so i thought he might open the train be like this is stupid (laughs) something she's like what do you mean you called me and told me to get it but then i was like oh i bet it's the cat Mm -hmm. so (laughs) which was very sad i was actually really upset and i was like oh gee and i was considering like fast forwarding it but they did well to like not show the front of the cat Mm-hmm. just the back and then not for long but then like they they moved to another more crazy thing like she's freaking out she sees the hallucination of the girl in the corner and then she falls into the glass table and falls backwards into their table and i was like jesus <laughs> so this that... was a very stressful scene and i think the director really nailed kind of creating that spiraling panic i thought the scene itself was a hallucination because it was so I intense did too. you know what i mean i, kept... I was like Damn. <laughs> I kept waiting for it to cut to her panicking over nothing as he's holding a train. Right. Or like her, yeah, yes, exactly. And her pausing a little scene, but no. And I was like, oh shit, she really Which would be just that. as concerning. Yes. Yeah. But it would have made the audience feel better about her. But then you're like feeling bad about her. Like, oh shit, she really did that. Now she's mm-hmm. now, now they have to like tell everyone to leave. Yeah. <laughs> a party. Um. And God. she she tries to confide in her fiance everything that's happening to her, but her dude, her fiance is like, "There's no such thing as curses or ghosts. I don't know what's happening. I'm not dealing with this right now." What's his problem? He was like great know. that when they had dinner, he was all supportive of her job. Mm-hmm. But like, maybe it's because he was glad that she worked all the time. Like his reaction was so unhinged like to get mad at her yeah like sure she's talking about curses but that's just a sign that she's really struggling with what happened at work which was witnessing someone slit their throat open 
dude, I know. Right. And she like, yeah. And she said there was an incident, but she didn't tell him that like, she got the week off for it again. It was so bad, but like, he like acted like terrified in the car. Like she was going to like attack him. And it's like, I know she like was swinging the knife around that one time at him, but like she's in distress and like, that's your fiance. So like, it's not like your boyfriend, girlfriend anymore. Like you want to make it serious, but like, uh, he was just acting like such a jerk. Damn. A train. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's how he was supposed to be played. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but lucky for, well, hold on. I'm skipping ahead. <laughs> <clears throat> So upon learning that her patient's professor was grinning at her before his death, um, Rose visits the widow of that man to try and get more information, but it doesn't go so well when she starts crazy talking, saying, no, I don't think your husband was crazy. I think what he went through, I'm going through, which in his widow's defense, played by Carla from Scrubs, um, if someone started <laughs> doing that to me... Yeah, I what would, would you have say? The, I would have the exact same reaction. Like, I, I was going to ask you, I was like, Sam, like, what if someone came to you and was like, the same thing is happening to me? Like, help me, help me. Like, would you freak out or would you like, listen, like, I I, I, I would absolutely freak out because yeah. it yeah. sounds like his suicide was very highly publicized. Right. Yeah. We live in a crazy world where, so I've been following, I've been watching Love is Blind on Netflix. Oh, what is that about? Is that about when you marry someone on the first date or something? Or? No, that's married yeah. at first sight. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> love is blind. Is They meet in these pods. They never see each other, but they talk to each other for a few oh. days and could end up finding the love of their life and getting engaged without ever having seen each other and then deciding yeah. whether or not they actually want to commit to this relationship at the wedding. And the final episode's tomorrow, which I have to wait until I get off work because I'm working tomorrow. But anyway, what I'm getting at is we live in a crazy <laughs> world where parasocial relationships are getting more and more intense. And yeah. <clears throat> the dental hygienist where the dental place where one of the contestants works at yeah. had to take her off the website because I'm sure they're getting mm. a shit ton of walk-ins and a shit ton of phone calls harassing them at work because the girl's like the new villain of the show. And it's like, that's just so fucking unnecessary. She signed up to be on the show, not her coworkers. So stop like right. bothering them. Wait, do um, you see them as the audience member watching the show or do you also not see them? You see them as you see them as the audience member, which I kind of wish they found a way that you didn't see them as well. Yeah, I was going to say, like, what if it's a big surprise and you, all you know is what they, the other person knows. So that's, it's mm -hmm. interesting. Oh, um, but... So I would absolutely like yeah. kick them out because oh, with how yeah, publicized yeah. that incident was, you're probably getting a lot of phone calls, a lot of crazy people showing up at your door, not to use crazy derogatorily, yeah. but you're getting right. people who don't understand you are a private citizen coming to your door to like, yeah, to like exploit your emotions and your yeah. experience. Yeah. So if that had happened to me, I would react the same way because I don't know, the way um, Rose starts talking, it sounds like she's about to start proselytizing to her about <laughs> Jesus or some shit. Right, yes, or like a MLM. <laughs> God. But so, yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true. But she did, she was like nice enough to give her all that information, like mm -hmm. post, post incident. Mm -hmm. So... Um, so but yeah, she gets kicked out of that lady's house because she's like, get the fuck out of my house. And she's like, oh, 
<laughs> so with yeah. that in mind, Rose goes to her ex-boyfriend, Joel, who's a police officer, mm-hmm. to start going through police records. And they find several cases that follow the same pattern. They find that he witnessed a suicide and that that woman witnessed a suicide. And yes. She so, notices, yeah. notices the pattern and she takes this information and tries to go to her sister who's not speaking to her because of the cat incident. Um, yeah, she's like, you really traumatized my son. Yeah. But I'm sure she did, though. That is pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> so she's like, no, I there's something happening to me and it's happened to other people. And she shows her to the police file. And I think this is where she made a mistake. She opened with the suicide uh, crime scene. <laughs> and she's like, but- oh, that's totally disgusting. normal reaction as well. <laughs> yeah. You gotta you gotta ease them into that. In fact, maybe not even need the image, just say, hey, this person hey. saw this, this person saw this. It's a pattern, and now it's happening to me. Yeah, like, and here's the documentation that proves it. Please go through it at your leisure and then be careful. There are some explicit images because it's a police file, but like I'm telling like you. You literally truth. just gave her <laughs> son a dead cat, maybe don't yeah, open he, with the gratuitous imagery. Right. And he took it out of the box and he probably thought it was like a toy, mm-hmm. like stuffed animal, but then it was dead as like a dead animal. And I'm like, oh poor kid that doesn't happen we get a good jump scare with we think the sister's coming to the car to say something but it's oh, creepy that, hallucination yeah, that was thing very creepy i was like oh shit and luke was with me at the time too he like watched the latter half with me and uh he was like whoa like so he like reacted so therefore it was a good scare yeah <laughs> i thought this movie had pretty good jump scares yeah it did i don't know I when think, they were gonna be there yeah and i, I think it's where. because the director did a really great job of creating an eerie atmosphere where you think it's more of a slow burn oh so yeah when the jump scares happen they're actually mm-hmm. like not expected <laughs> yeah because yeah you're not expecting jump scares to be happening but they fucking like, do it's not an instance of oh she's gonna close the locker and the killer's gonna be there but not really behind she's the locker turn... <laughs> yeah dude yeah all right what happens next so, she drives she leaves her her sisters yeah um and the hallucin hallucinations are still intensifying Joel has figured out that there is a distinct pattern with these and he does he does believe her because he's seen the pattern except for one instance where um the guy witnessed a suicide but he killed somebody mm-hmm. um and then the witness of that murder killed themselves and then the pattern picked back up so they go see this guy and he explains the only way to break the pattern is to kill someone else and you have to make sure someone witnesses it and mm-hmm. she's like but i can't kill someone and he's like oh no you're the one with the curse like get, get out, out of here, here. <laughs> and she's like okay sorry <laughs> sorry uh, bud you're in jail forever but i am sorry <laughs> so she's starting to fully lose it um like four days seems to be the max anyone's able to make it through and she has another moment where she thinks her psychiatrist has come to see her after the day after she and the fiance try and ambush her oh yeah do we talk about that yet whenever the fiance we did not okay um he ambushes her with her psychiatrist yeah and it does not go well and the psychiatrist quotes uh comes to apologize Mm -hmm. and um she's saying yeah i am i'm doing better now i don't need 
whatever help you're offering and then the phone rings and it's the psychiatrist on the phone but who's in front of her oh, that like i was like oh shit <laughs> that was a really cool moment mm-hmm. damn uh so she goes to the hospital with a knife and she kills carl while um, <laughs> cal pen watches but Poor then she carl. realizes she's hallucinating when cal pen rips his face off oh, god yeah he rips the face just again <laughs> And I'm uh, like, oh my god! But he comes down to the car and is like, hey, I don't think you're doing very well. Uh, I think you should go home. I can call someone for you. Notices the knife that raises his red flags even more. <laughs> even more. He's a very good boss. He's very kind and understanding and he's ready to listen. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Uh, so she has the bright idea. Oh, this thing wants to spread. It wants to jump to the next person. So I'm going to just not let it do that so she drives to her abandoned family home mm-hmm. um to hide out until something happens whether she kills herself or whatever because it's not gonna pass if no one sees her do it right um and she has an interaction with the ghost of her mother mm-hmm. essentially um yeah. fights it uh go kills it in a fire goes to joel and asks if she can just stay with him and sleep because she hasn't slept for a few days (laughs) yeah this whole time (laughs) and he says sure but then he starts smiling and laughing and rose wakes up realizing she was in another hallucination oh god and the demon version of her mother is still there joel pulls up having tracked her phone Mm -hmm. uh she panics Runs back into the house because she's back in that at the house now at this point and she wakes up uh barricades herself in so joel can't get in but he is able to get in and the big scary but yeah because the the demon reveals its true form and it's like this awful uh semi-human yeah like made up from previous victims yeah like a like a very very scary monster fairly practical on my tv it's a man kevin keppy plays the nightmare mom so so it was uh a lot of practical effects absolutely a little teeny teeny yeah like a teeny tiny bit of the cgi but that's it which is i appreciate that i do too and then when it ripped its face off it had like seven jaws and i was like oh my god that's terrifying and then it scared Mm -hmm. uh rose so much that she was like screaming and then she like stopped screaming and then it like opened her mouth and crawled inside and i was like fuck she's Mm -hmm. infected so when joel (laughs) sees her she's basically in paralysis but then she turns around with that smile on her face but she had previously dumped like a gallon of like whatever lighter fluid on top of her so she's yeah. holding that above her head and then she like throws it away turns around and is smiling and has the matchbox and like yeah. opens it gets the match lights it and he's like oh no but he like doesn't do anything to stop her and i was like no joel no go away look away look away mm-hmm. but he doesn't watches. so <laughs> the curse is able to be passed on to him and Damn it. The house is engulfed in flames, which, you know, maybe that won't go um, the way the demon wants it to. Yeah. Because he could just as easily die in that fire. Yeah, just stay there. But he wasn't paying attention this whole time. She was like, the person that witnessed it, you know, kills themselves. But like, and he's like, oh, okay, I'll just watch. (laughs) Just poor dude. So mm-hmm. we'll see if that's like going to be a second one or if that's just how it's going to end. It just never end. Like the mm-hmm. curse will keep jumping because she describes it as a curse at one point in the movie. But yeah, I've heard that 
a sequel has been greenlit, but oh. reading this on a potential sequel, uh, Parker Finn wanted to leave um, first movie ambiguous with various plot lines unresolved while expressing interest in exploring those details mm. in a potential sequel film. The filmmaker filmmaker stated that while additional installments may explore the backstory of the entity, he would like to keep its mysterious nature intact. He noticed that a follow-up movie would be notably different from the first, stating that he believed there's still a lot of interesting stuff to explore in the world of Smile. I want to make sure that there's a new, exciting, fresh way to into um, into it that the audience isn't anticipating. I also want to find some new ways to scare them and unnerve them, which I agree. This movie, you could very yeah. easily do a sequel to, but it would be like... <laughs> it would be um, like the same thing as one. Yeah, it would be like Ring 2 versus Ring 1, where... <laughs> Oh no, they've watched the tape again and Samara's after them. What do we do? <laughs> so I think um Yeah. He has an I he has he probably has ideas to keep it fresh. It's just getting it all down. Cause I don't want to see this yeah. just acted out again. Yeah, but he did do well. Like I the whole time I thought that she might have like outsmarted it. And when mm-hmm. she was going to the the cabin that she might like defeat it, you know, but it's one of those movies where that like no, like there is yeah. not a happy ending. I thought that she might survive, but she doesn't. And I was like, oh shit, okay, I guess she fucking yeah. dies. <laughs> there wasn't a happy ending i was really like gunning for her she was trying really hard to figure this shit out and i'm sure that that's what everybody does except for the one guy who killed somebody but now he's in jail so Mm -hmm. like that that sucks too finn did a very good job at creating a no-win scenario the only Mm -hmm. way to make sure you live is to kill someone else but you have to have a witness to pass it on to therefore you end up in jail unless unless, you know you're able to evade the police long enough that that the witness kills himself right unless you are a police man Mm. or person then you can try to evade better i don't know people have evaded i'm sure there's many people in the world that have killed people and nobody ever found out which is also the real horror show but you know what i mean and like after like 20 50 years they like you know they turn themselves in but they're about to die soon you know what i mean so it doesn't matter at that point mm-hmm. so totally anyway anyway i liked it <laughs> i liked it a lot no if it i think if you're a fan of it follows and mm-hmm. the ring you'll probably enjoy this a lot yeah yeah very it similar like vibes it follows. yeah it follows yeah which it follows is another horror movie that you could very easily make a sequel to oh yeah yeah that's the opening is so ambiguous Mm -hmm. yes not opening ending is so ambiguous i know it's really good it's been a while since i came out yeah that's been a hot minute so i don't think they're gonna do a sequel but yeah um if you want something similar i think this fills that void very well um so let's talk about production I noticed in the beginning, especially in the psych ward, there wasn't a lot of like ambient music. It was eerily quiet. And I think that helped with the vibes of it being a creepy environment. Something unsettling is going to happen here. All of the like music was like real creepy. Mm -hmm. There was no like really, I didn't notice any regular music. It was just really creepy noises that were, yeah. 
Yeah, it was nice. It was scary. Everything was used to enhance the environment wherein it wasn't just to kind of create ambient noise to hide the fact that it's quiet, right? Like mm-hmm. when a movie is quiet and there yeah. should be something there, you notice. Yes. But here the quietness really helped with the yeah. scares, with the unease. Uh-huh. Yeah. It did. So I'm a fan. Uh and we touched on there being practical effects at the end of the movie with the face ripping off. Um I did notice when she's stabbing Carl, that was very clearly CGI. And yes, it was, but I was like, whatever, she's stabbing him. It's, it's it I can tell it's a, a hallucination. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, it's okay. <laughs> and maybe that was intentional to let cue the audience in that it's a hallucination before Cal Penn yeah. rips his face off. Right. Something something's off about the way the knife's going into this body. Yeah, it's not natural. It's, it's a little too smooth. Too smooth. <laughs> too, too buttery, if yeah. you will. Definitely um all right so yeah other production yeah it looks good and the cinematography was just beautiful in this movie oh yeah it was shot setups the early on the constant close-ups of her face mm-hmm. uh, I was just made about to mention yeah <laughs> made me a little uncomfortable but i think it works as we get later into the movie those close-ups yeah. continue and we see just how broken she's becoming dealing with this yeah, especially, and I want to point out um, one of my favorite moments when they did that, um, combined with the, like, the sounds they use would be, like, the bir- singing Happy Birthday, that scene. Oh, that was so good. Yeah, they, like, take the Happy Birthday song, and then during a moment, they, like, the song gets distorted, and the scene slows down, and they're still singing, but they take the distorted sound of, like, it's, like, Happy Birthday, and they're, like, ee, but it's, like, mm-hmm. becoming a creepy sound, and it's, like, she's it's zooming in on her face and she's like freaking out (laughs) you know what I mean inside yeah that's why I thought maybe the cat scene might have been a hallucination yeah right but it was just like no she's just like feeling shitty and she thinks she's going crazy yeah so the production value definitely did what it was supposed to in showing this woman descent into right insanity and when i realized it was going to be another like white woman going crazy horror movie i was a little apprehensive but i think parker finn nailed it yeah Um, yes definitely and i think it didn't feel yeah it didn't feel exploitative at all and i think just how beautiful this movie overall was yeah and she she's uh they they created an excellent like unreliable narrator with how they did set up those scenes that were actually Mm -hmm. hallucinations and they kept happening but you didn't know when or where Mm -hmm. because they were just like regular scenes you know and I was like shit I don't know what is really happening man like the hallucinations were just believable enough that when the when you realized it was a hallucination it was like oh Mm -hmm. oh snap (laughs) oh shit this isn't happening or or is it you know what I mean so I was like ah like that of course her funny. of yeah. course her therapist would come over the next day after feeling bad yes. about the ambush or get in touch with her after realizing oh this wasn't the right way to do it. Yeah. So why would I suspect that the demon is just right. going to knock at the door? Especially when the scenes are going on for like a while and nothing weird happens until like what like 10 minutes in or mm-hmm. 7 minutes in and you're just like okay this is fine and then like 
you're like, oh shit, you had me going there. I really thought this everything was fine, but it's not. <laughs> shit. Yeah. So I <sighs> enjoyed this a lot. I would give it an oh yeah, that fucked me up. Me too. I wasn't sure uh what I was going to judge it when we first started. And I was like, oh, I'm probably gonna say like meh, but like no, oh yeah, that fucked me up. That was really intense. It was really good. So go yeah. watch it. It's on Amazon and it really is on Amazon. Like I didn't have to like subscribe to anything additional, like yeah. Screenbox or like some yeah. random ass shit. It's on Amazon Prime. I've or- gotten really annoyed with Amazon Prime <laughs> just browsing it yeah. because they are pushing like the extra subscriptions you can add mm-hmm. so hard. Like I can't even mm-hmm. find what's just on Prime. Right. And you're just like, come on, guys. Uh, but yeah this is on base amazon prime and i i highly recommend it yeah dude same here i think it's an excellent excellent film yeah i had a good time i'm excited to see what this guy is he doing anything now like is he i have not heard anything let me see if he's got a wikipedia page i can yeah no it does not he does not have a wikipedia page uh well because i know this is very recent so i I shouldn't be even be asking because he just like did it it's done (laughs) but like um the hide behind the hide behind um this is a short movie he Mm. did in 2018 okay parker Mm. finn where are you found you (laughs) <laughs> Got a cool poster. His the posters for his short films are so much better than what they did for Smile. I think so too. I'm looking at it now. Um, it looks like left. he doesn't have anything upcoming. Okay, but that's fine. That's Smile fine. just came out in 2023. It did. Just take your time, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> like they it looks did like this... every two years. Yeah. So they... 18, 20... The production company did us so dirty with this poster for Smile. It's so like 20 2008. That, and that kills me too. Yeah, I'm just like in his because the Laura hasn't slept poster is so it's cool. It's so it's cool, like, and then the hide saying. behind is really cool. Yeah, but, that's very cool too. Let me look at that. So do him better with the next poster. Yeah, guys. Yeah, the hide behind is cool because it's like a was like a forest or something, and mm-hmm. they're falling upside down. Yeah, that's very very cool. Come on, guys, just look at these. Posters like, oh, I don't know what to do. How do I just take a picture of this girl that's in it for one minute? <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And put her in a zipper thing as if she comes back to life from being dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Anyway. Oh, jeez. Okay. What's next? The real horror show. <clears throat> um, your fiance being a dickwad about your mental health. Oh my god, yeah. I was like, come on, man. Like, yeah, first I of re- all, <laughs> I researched what your mom had so I could be prepared for it. Dude, you bro. I can't believe he said that. He's like, it's hereditary, isn't it? And like, I don't want to hitch my life off like onto you. And I was like, well, then what what the fuck, man? Like, yeah, like her mother had problems, but like that that doesn't mean that like if she, she does he's should. very well aware that she might have those problems yeah she's a professional about it so she would be the best person to know if she was experienced anything like that especially in that that's she shows that in the scene whenever she is having a session with her psych, like psychologist her therapist 
Mm-hmm. And she's like describing the way she feels really like clinically. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. Yeah, she she's exactly very aware. She's she doesn't need her yeah. fiance being a dickwad. Right. And he's, and he's really over there like, this sounds fucking crazy. You're fucking crazy. And I'm just like, dude, what is the problem? Like, what what is your problem? I don't know. And then he's always working late. I don't know. I feel like he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, because she's always texting him like lovingly, like, when will you be home? And he's like, I'm working late whatever yeah so i don't know oh, he hugged her like one time mm-hmm. i don't know what the fuck it's like and, you know her little yeah. speech at the end to her ex-boyfriend made her relationship with her fiance make a little more sense that she deliberately kept yeah. uh joel away from like knowing too much about her so maybe she did the same with her fiance so they just kind of had a very shallow relationship for two people who are getting married right and you know what um another thing that i noticed about what what i think he did well at playing like a jerk is um whenever she and she did this great too i thought they had this interesting dynamic where they were able to make it work but when she was like looking for the kitty and feeding it but then she was like discussing her day and she was kind of like talking quickly and he was standing behind her like giving her this look and she's like sorry sorry like sorry how were you how was you I was like dude mm-hmm. really like come on <laughs> it's okay to be stressed out you you deal with like really intense people all day and you're trying to like deal with that all day every day and it's it, the dude said he she worked like 80 hour work weeks every week and I was like gosh mm-hmm. i'm surprised you can like have the energy to go out to dinner <laughs> with your sister but um anyway fuck that guy yeah uh, but yeah they probably just like needed another person it was getting late in life maybe they just need to get married and like have a house and be stable with somebody yeah. you know yep that uh, happen. then let's see <laughs> i guess your mom being abusive and suicidal but but a a junkie too which is awful but also like why is it because she is just using that to cope with her Mm -hmm. own mental illness and like she hasn't wasn't able to seek help you know when she was young you know all these things so it just is a really slippery slope when it comes to that kind of thing um but also having children um maybe it, it was um not planned you know due to the substances and now you have to deal with that and you can't stand it you know what I mean and it's not the kid's fault mm-hmm. but it it can suck sometimes and be awful like that and sometimes the kids will like get smart and and kind of do that thing but it could be a mistake and now she feels guilt for the rest of her life I'm sure that, that an extreme like that maybe doesn't happen often but like it, it's in the realm of possibility all the time yeah if if you're like a child living in a home like that you know because mm-hmm. someone's gonna come and take you away soon or your parents gonna die you know what i mean like whichever one comes first oh man oh, shit. did she discuss at all about like being in like the system she didn't mom died when she was like what eight mm-hmm. or something like that that, so. that never came up yeah she she probably would have had to have been for a little while or something or adopted or whatever we raised by somebody else so i don't know but of course like as the director said he doesn't there's like a lot of loose ends that he doesn't tie up on purpose so it just you know you can fill in gaps if you want to Mm -hmm. so there's that and 
how about the entire movie? This is my theory. And I don't know what it says, if it says anything on Wikipedia about what the movie is about, but like smile, just being like a metaphor for mental illness and Mm. just, you know, it it finally succumb, you you succumbing to it because some people have, you know, mental illness and some people have depression and there are some people that do not want to be saved and maybe Mm -hmm. you cannot help them. And then in that instance, they can commit suicide. So it's like that buildup of that fear and anxiety inside you. But in the film, it's it's like on, on the surface. So you can actually see that fear and that anxiety build up to the point. And then you are cursed or inhabited by the creature, which is you that them finally committing suicide. Um, the, 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 the contagion of it is a little bit different, but of course it, it also goes to show that everybody is struggling, you know, so mm-hmm. that, that yeah. was my thought on that. No, I think that's a very good read on like a deeper message in this movie because who hasn't like been going through a rough time and someone just tells you, well, just act happy. Right. Or like, I need help. And it's like, oh, well, you're, you're fucking crazy. And I can't deal with you right now. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like that, w- which end of the spectrum, it's both ends of the spectrum, act happy. It's fine. Or I can't deal with you right now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's yeah. like pretty, so, yeah, that's very cool. I think that's a really good read in this movie. And I kind of was picking up on that too. Yeah. Um. And just because she is a therapist and then we bring a lot of the, the other therapist in too. And then like, we're, we're within the realm of like the people who are coming for help in the most extreme cases. And then also dealing with like suicide. So it's like all these different themes and they're under this one umbrella. Mm-hmm. Um it's hard to talk about, but it's it's good to have this visual of like, this is how bad it is and this is what it looks like. And in here, I put it in the form of a terrifying entity, but this is often what people are feeling yeah. and you just can't know, mm-hmm. you know, and people are like, oh, well, I can't see the red flags and all that stuff. And like, you won't, you won't unless someone wants to show that to you. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? So anyway, but that's, that's quite deep, but that's was my read on it a little bit. Yeah, like people bring up Robin Williams all the time with how Mm -hmm. you're not necessarily going to see the signs of depression and suicide in someone because of the public persona they put on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's really tough. And at at the end of the day, yeah, like it's wonderful when you can help someone and they can have like a second chance at life, but also like you can try to help someone, but they have, they, they have to make their own decision. You know, you can only do your, your own part so much and help them so, so much. Um, but it takes the other person to uh, do a little bit of the work too. And, and want that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, but I don't want to speak to that too much because I don't know too much about that. I'm yeah. no professional. Okay. I'm no professional. Yeah. And if you're dealing with anything, always seek professional help. Absolutely. <laughs> Do not um, seek the podcast. <laughs> and I and I think with like the case of Laura, who is the protagonist of the short film and the inciting character for the feature film. Yeah. Um, she didn't seek help until it was too late yeah, for her, essentially. Yes. Yeah. And that that can be very true. Um and, uh, and any trigger can set somebody off and, and everything like that. So, yeah. <clears throat> so it could just be like one of those things where yeah, you ignore it because 
you right. you have well, other stuff going on and it's just, you know, I'm tired or yes. this and this and that. And also like it, in that, during that scene, when, when Laura does come in and talks to Rose, she's trying to explain to Rose, well, this is of course fictional, but she's discussing the entity. And she's like, I see this thing and it's talking to me and I'm afraid. And it's telling me that I'm going to die today. And it's, I'm, I'm going to kill somebody. And it's telling me this. And then Rose is like, okay, well, sometimes this can happen, but it seems real. And she's like, you're not listening to what I'm saying. I literally just told you I'm going to die and you're not listening and you, you're you not helping me. Mm-hmm. And so that is how they feel. They're like on the edge of a cliff. Yeah. And if you possibly say the wrong thing, like, oh, well, what you're feeling isn't real. Then, you know what I mean? Like, how yeah. do you, how do you communicate with these people um, whenever like you're worried and you need to make sure that they don't make a mistake or like you don't make a mistake of saying the wrong thing. And that's such a difficult thing. And that's why, once again, I don't want to speak on it. And I'm sure it takes so much training for like yeah. therapists or anybody like that. But yeah. Like, yeah. But so I think that is an excellent read into this film. And it is an interesting like representation of mental illness, if that's what if that's what he intended for. Yeah. If that's what he intended. It, it, it could be something else too, because they do talk about she talks about a curse and also like ghosts and they mentioned that as well and you know the um paranormal so it could be that as well mixed in so and it, it there's room for that too so that's cool yeah but, um what's um so the laura hasn't slept is that short film take place like after laura sees her teacher kill himself um you think the- that's what that is excellent question because i have the summary pulled up right now uh the premise follows laura as she recounts a series of horrific dreams and hallucinations where she's being pursued by a smiling man to her therapist as she does so she begins to realize that she isn't where she thinks she is that she is again experiencing an extrasensory episode and that the counselor she is confiding in is actually the entity that has been tormenting her while the ending of the short film seems to indicate the character dies Laura later appears in Smile, where she seeks the help of Dr. Rose Cotter. So it could theoretically be um, just like a hallucination after the fact, after she's seen it and after um, she's being tormented by the... I guess you could see the (laughs) short film being a literal prequel to the movie of Laura coming in. Wow, that's pretty cool. Of Laura seeking help before... Wow. and he yeah. did the ending in a way that she could have gotten out or she could have died had like you know the feature film not been greenlit yeah um, this guy's like a horror guy too I'm looking yeah at i look i look forward to seeing what he pulls out next yeah yeah me too i think this is actually really cool and yeah. the, look like we had so much to talk about so that's actually really excellent as well and it's it's not like we did watch an elevated horror movie where it's like we really had to analyze hardcore to yeah. try to understand we're not, um, we're not trying to analyze why Ari Aster is so into head trauma <laughs> yeah we just watched it enjoyed it and then you know simmered on it a little bit uh, and speaking then came of up with, um yeah. Ari Aster Bo is Afraid is coming out later this month what is, what is that about I saw the Joaquin Phoenix isn't it I didn't realize I that's don't, I don't really know what it's about the trailer is very <laughs> vague it's about Bo and he's afraid I saw that he's like running a lot but I was like wait what is happening? But I didn't watch yeah. the trailer all the way through yeah. because I'm usually at work when I'm like scrolling. If I like see it, I'm just like, oh, I see the so, movie. That's that's coming out. <laughs> Le- 
It's I, I, I sound sarcastic, but I do like Ari Aster. I think he's a little pretentious, but when he talks about the horror yeah. genre, he's one of those like, well, I don't really view it as horror. I view it as more of a family movie with horror elements. And it's like, shut the fuck up. Buddy. Yeah, shut the fuck up, dude. It's scary. It, oh, no, the whole family cannot watch it yet. <laughs> um, oh, but anyway, but no, Parker Finn, I look forward to yeah. seeing what he does. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And also, of course, our roster. Yeah, if, if you love horror, absolutely watch anything you want. If we're not like saying do or don't do this or yeah. do that. Um, I've seen our roster movies too. It doesn't mean I have to like him, but like some of those <laughs> movies are cool, but like sometimes I don't like, like I, it, but that's okay. I love Midsommar. I like, I, um... I know you love it. I know. And you love Hereditary too, <laughs> right? I like, I, I liked Hereditary. I love Midsommar though, just because I like you know, pretty florals and then horrible do. graphic violence. That's, that's the only thing you like about that, I bet. Is that because it's got the pretty the pastel yeah, palette that you love? I think the director's cut is better than the theatrical cut. Ooh, okay, um, well, I haven't it, seen that. Yeah, it establishes <laughs> more like cultiness within the cult. Um, I don't know. It's like one of those movies where it's elevated horror, but like the messaging is so obvious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's a good time, and um, yeah. But, uh, I think Ari Aster is a little full of himself. Yeah, I would have to. <laughs> now I don't want to, but I would have to watch like, I don't do this enough where I don't watch horror directors discussing like their films or the genre or things like that. I don't really do that. I don't have a lot of time to watch YouTube a lot, but I should do a little bit of that <laughs> yeah. as a like, horror fan. Like Hereditary and Midsommar yeah. are great, um, but... Ari Aster tries to put himself above other horror directors and I think that's Um, why I can't enjoy the movies as much as I want to is just knowing that he does look down on the genre or I get the vibe that he looks down on the genre and that's why he's trying to elevate it but at the end of the day Midsommar is just kind of another Wicker Man retelling which I love Uh, Wicker Man yeah 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 okay well okay well that explains a little bit of that too so that, yeah, it looks like Ariaster is 36. Wow. He's a youngin. He's very young to be so famous with his, like, films in the horror community, especially. I feel like um, it's, I feel like horror directors, there's only, like, a handful that I know by name. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. good, good for him. But also, I can't abide by trying to be better than everybody. You know what I mean? Like, yeah that's not cool we're a community for a reason so you can't like be like oh well this is my sub community oh it looks like um yeah. Bo's afraid might be a remake of Ari Aster's uh yeah. short film Bo 2011 I saw that yeah. too or like uh continuation I do I do think for the podcast um we should wrap yeah. this up though for okay. the podcast we should look at <laughs> um because it's on YouTube and it's only 30 minutes long we should watch the strange thing about the Johnsons because a lot of people say it's one of the most yeah. disturbing movies they've watched. Oh, and it's yeah. on YouTube. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Not YouTube TV, right? Just regular. Yeah, just regular YouTube. YouTube. <laughs> okay. Uh, Good. So I do think that's something we should watch, but we could do um, that next next one if you want just to do it since we're talking yeah. about it. 
since Bo was afraid is coming out. We do you want to do that as a minisode, or do you think we we might have too much to say and um, do like a full episode? We could try and do it as a mini mini minisode. Not that I am looking for an excuse to get out of watching the originals. I haven't watched it lately. I'm sorry. I'm gonna get back to it. I swear. Like, I had that history. realization too yeah. when I was, I was about to start smile. It's like oh shit, I need to really catch up on. <laughs> Me too. A I lot was of like, watching. oh no, like no. yeah, because I got on the TV and I was like oh shit. I gotta do it. (laughs) But next couple of episodes, we will have a lot to talk about because I am seeing, what am I seeing? I'm seeing Renfield on Saturday. Ooh, excellent. Which is Nick Cage as Dracula. Yeah, that's very cool. It's a bloody gory horror comedy, and I think it'll be fantastic. And then I'm seeing Evil Dead Rise on the 20th. Let me know how that is. I... I'm interested in seeing that myself. So that's My cool. biggest concern with it is yeah. they're putting all the scary shit in the trailer. So the movie itself is not going to be scary. You know what? I think we talked about that exact thing before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I hope that you're I hope wrong. I hope, yeah. I hope I'm petrified and I regret seeing right. it by myself. Yeah, I hope it's super scary and like the trailer does no justice to the scary things and it's much scarier, but we'll see. <laughs> Um, all right, cool. But anyway, we love Smile. Go watch it on base yeah. Amazon. And let's wrap this shit up, guys. Cool. All right. Real Horror Show was created by Sam Odie and Stormy Skies and is directed by Sam Odie. Rad. Uh, during this movie, we learn. I mean, what do we really learn? Um, if you're feeling sad, talk to someone, but not someone who sucks. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, like... Um, if your fiance is acting like such a jerk, then he's such a jerk, man. Mm-hmm. That sucks. Also, you should work in a hospital that grants you these weeks of paid leave. If you're like feeling like not your best, that's awesome. Anyway, ugh, that would be a paradise. So like what you hear, you can find a real horror show on Spotify, tune in Google play store, Stitcher, iTunes, and Pandora. Really, really like what you hear. Follow us on Twitter at Horror Show Pod or search for Real Horror Show on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook at Real Horror Show. Like our page and share our stuff. Also, follow us on Instagram. We also have a TikTok, don't we? Follow us on that. We do have a TikTok. Yes, very cool. And you know what? If you can't find us, just put us in the search bar. You understand how social media works. If you mm-hmm. have social media, I hope so just, you'll be able to find us that way. Our like icon picture is the same um mm-hmm. through all all mediums so anyway like our page and share our stuff we have a website as well that all of our written reviews and podcasts can be found realhorrorshow.com rad want to interact with us want to make sure we're real humans not space vampires comment on our website or better yet email us at realhorrorshowpodcast at gmail.com it might be cool for people to email in and maybe like ask us some questions or give us movie requests that would be kind of fun so yeah yeah, wouldn't that be cool? Anyway, <clears throat> want to argue with us about something or think you really have a really great movie or movie review that you're dying to share with two random strangers on the internet? Well, submissions are open and always open for movie reviews. We might talk about this in the future, but check out the submit page on our website and follow the rubric before sending us anything. If it's not done according to the rubric, it will be disregarded. Sorry, not sorry. I don't think anyone has ever sent us movie review. So. <laughs> You might not have that anymore, but it's okay. All right. We love horror. And if you're listening, you do too. 
please help us keep our project going by visiting our support page on our website, where you can make a one-time donation via PayPal. We also have an Amazon wishlist. If you feel like buying us something tangible will help convey your love more than a monetary donation would. Also, you can find the buy us a coffee button on our website. It's a button you can click that will pay us the amount you would need to buy a coffee. A little bit goes a long way. Sometimes we can't help out artists monetarily and that's okay. By simply liking, sharing, retweeting, and even giving us an awesome review will help us out tremendously. And Sam discussed what movie she was going to be seeing. Is there any other pertinent news to discuss, Sam? I don't think so. I don't think so either. We just had our big um, Easter break, but we're back. And our outro song is called Creepy Doll by Jonathan Colton. And thank you. Fuck off and have a swell evening. And this is Real Horror Show signing off. <laughs>